All right, everybody, welcome to Ask Me Anything. I am Matt Love. I am here with Pastor J.D. Greer. Um, we are in a longer series about marriage and family, and this is part two of an episode we started last week about dating specifically. So part one, J.D. started answering uh, some of the, the question around what counsel he gives to young Christians about dating. And so Pastor J.D., just continue that thought. What, what are some other things, some other counsel that you give young Christians about dating? Yeah, we gave the first three of these on our last Ask Me Anything. Let me give these next three. These are all in the form of a resolution. These are six resolutions that I think you should make if you want to date in a way that is pleasing to God and will set you up well for marriage. You want to date in a way that sets you up more for marriage than it does divorce. The first three, in case you are trying to remember what they were, is resolve to prioritize character over chemistry. Number two is resolve to date for clarity, not intimacy. Number three was resolve to reject the marriage completes me myth. Here's number Number four, resolve to seek God first in your life and your significant other second. After you reject that marriage completes me myth, what you can do is you can say, my eyes are on Jesus. He is my completion. If I were single for the rest of my life with him, I would still be complete. Then you can let him supply your needs. I've heard it said before that the best marriages are like two people running down the road as hard as they can after God. And I'm seeking God first. And you look over and see somebody running about the same speed you are, and they're going the same direction. And you say, hey, look where we're going. You want to go together. Um, that's much better than, you know, driving around an empty cul-de-sac looking for somebody to pick up and then saying, okay, where do you want to go? And well, I actually want to go somewhere different. Get going down the path and for the purposes that God has you and then trust God to supply that when he is ready. Here's how Andy Stanley says it. Become the person that the person you are looking for is looking for. Because that person you're looking for, they're looking for somebody seeking God. So get going and doing what God has told you to do and then trust that as you're doing that, God will supply it. That's the promise of Matthew 6, in fact, it might be the most important bedrock promise of my life is that if I will always put God first and think I need to get busy doing his will, then whatever it is I need, whether it's a spouse, if you're, you're dating, or if it's money, if it's uh, anything that I need um, that is secondary, God is going to provide it as I put my eyes on him and get busy about his will. So that'd be number four, resolve to seek God first and your significant other second. Number five, the fifth resolution is resolve to date only in the Lord. Um, if marriage is about having a lifelong companion, why would you ever intentionally unite yourself to somebody who doesn't share the most important part of who you are and where you want to go? Um, th those words only in the Lord, those are, are from the apostle Paul, uh, second Corinthians six, Paul says, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Unequally yoked is the, has a lot of applications, but the primary one is going to be marriage. He's saying, because you just can't have a partnership between righteousness and lawlessness. Uh, they're going to pull in two different ways with two different masters. I'm talking about a single woman in, in, in the church. First Corinthians seven, Paul says she's free to be married to whoever she wants to, but she should only do it in the Lord. That yoke that Paul references in second Corinthians six is like a harness that you put on two animals to keep them pulling in the same direction. If that partner doesn't share your faith in Christ, you're going to be, when it comes to how you spend your money, um, how you prioritize your time, what's important with your kids, they're going to be pulling the opposite way. I see so many Christian teenagers that are like, well, I don't want to be alone. So they compromise their convictions and just date somebody that makes them feel good at the moment. But one day I tell them, one day you're going to have kids and those kids are going to be so important to you, the most valuable things, the most more than you've ever loved anybody. And you have entered into a relationship where the most significant influence on them other than you is going to be somebody who doesn't share the thing that is most important to you, which is faith in Christ and doesn't prepare them for eternity. 
I know it can be difficult to wait. And I know, you, especially if all your friends are dating and you're just like, it's just me. My, my pastor used to tell me, God gives his best to those who leave the choice to him. Trust in him, wait on him and let him supply it. It might be a test to see if you're going to compromise um, your convictions and you know, give up on God and just go get it yourself uh, and not wait on the one that's a gift from God. So God promises good things to those who wait for him. So wait on him in this and trust him and let him supply it in, in his time. And, and, and I promise you that you'll be glad you did. When scripture says not to be unequally yoked with an unbeliever, don't see that as like a restrictive rule. Um, see that as a loving guideline, a promise, because if you become that, you're going to set yourself up for heartbreak and disaster um, in the future because you you are, are tied emotionally, spiritually, and physically to somebody for the rest of your life that doesn't share the deepest and most important commitments that you have. The sixth resolution is resolved to date only in the context of community. Probably more than any other area, Matt, we need godly and wise counsel because our attraction, our infatuation, just the thrill of it just intoxicates you. One of the ways I've tried to explain this to the teenagers in our church and in my house is one of the surest ways to get yourself in trouble is to insist on dating somebody that the wise counselors in your life are concerned about. And I'll just say, if there were no other practical reason to be involved in the church, this would probably be it. Sometimes it's just obvious to people that you trust and love that there are problems with the person you're dating that you just can't see. That could include maybe they have a lust problem or a flirtation problem. Maybe it's a failure to keep their word. Maybe it's that they're just high drama and that's, um, you know, they, they're, they're manipulative and they're, they're insecure and they get jealous really fast. It could be controlling behavior. They can see that and you can't because you're just so blinded by the feelings of the moment. You're not going to have those godly people in your life if you're not connected to the church. God, through the church, has already given you all the counsel that you need. And so you've got to be able to ask older, wiser believers to speak truth into your relationships. That would be the, the sixth resolution. So I say them all together. Um, number one, your first resolution is resolve to prioritize character over chemistry. Number two, resolve to date for clarity, not intimacy. Number three, resolve to reject the marriage completes me myth. That leads to number four, resolve to seek God first and your significant other second. Resolution number five, resolve to date only in the Lord. And resolution number six, resolve to date only in the context of, particularly uh, for Christians, biblical community. I'll say it again. These are countercultural, but they're not impossible. And if you want what nobody else has, you got to be willing to do what nobody else does. And so do it God's way. And if you do it God's way and trust him, then you'll have God's supply and your marriage will be something that is written by heaven and knit together with the, the cords and the power of heaven. I, I do believe that for most of us, dating is a time of testing. And it's just a question, are we going to be faithful in it? And if you use this time to show that you can wait on God's good plan, that you trust him, that you're willing to wait for the choice that he has for you, then it will blow you away the ways that he will bless you in your marriage and most importantly, as, as his follower. All right, Pastor JD, thanks so much. Um, again, you know, this is, these are great questions, and Pastor JD has been answering these questions as a, just a pastor at the summit for such a long time. So really thankful for all these thoughts. And, you know, hopefully it helps all, all of you guys that are either dating or about to start dating. Hopefully there's, you know, a lot of you guys can all tell stories at your weddings about how Pastor JD's dating advice made everything work in your relationship, or at least made it easier. Probably not everything's going to work, but 
So thanks everybody for coming back to part two. We're gonna continue this marriage and family series next week. And we are gonna talk a little bit about parenting. So if you are a parent, especially of a teenager, come back next week because we're gonna talk about the most important elements in parenting teenagers. Pastor JD is getting some experience there right now, so I'm excited to hear what he has to say about that. And if you enjoyed this podcast, this episode, or you enjoy this podcast in general, we would definitely encourage you to rate and review on the whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Those ratings just help more people hear about it. So if you enjoy the podcast, chances are others are going to enjoy it as well. So when you rate that podcast, it helps us get uh, in front of other people. So we would encourage you to do that. And we will see you next time on Ask Me Anything.